Welcome to the Simple Church Podcast. We'd like to thank you for taking a few moments out of your day to listen to what God is doing here in Reynoldsburg, Ohio. We hope today's message will be encouraging and uplifting to you. To learn more about Simple Church, maybe you'd like to be our guest for a service, please visit our website at www.simplechurchohio.com. There you'll find more information about us, location, service times, and even online giving opportunities. And now, here's today's message. He's not going to talk long. So we're looking at toxic words. Toxic words. What are, the, what are the things that you think of when you think of toxic words? My, my initial thought is like, well, he's going to, you know, it's the F-bomb. It's the, it's, it's the curse words, right? You know, when, when, uh, when Aiden was like three and Rowan was one, I remember driving somewhere and they were in the back seats and, and I'm driving along and, and I don't know what happened, but I went, oh, crap. And then in the back seat, I hear, crap, 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 crap. And then my thought was, oh, crap, I need to stop saying crap. <laughs> that, that that word, my kid has picked up. So the toxic influence of my words is, is what he picked up. And does anybody have those stories of your kids? Yeah, I, I remember my mom telling me the story of little Timphy running around the backyard when she was meeting the new neighbor. And as I was coming around, I'm going, oh, shh, 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 shh. And that was her introduction to the neighbor. This is my boy, the foul-mouthed one. But, but, that's, but that's not necessarily what I'm looking at. And I want you to understand that you're, that you're speaking to a pastor that at a, at a congregation previous, um, we had a running list of words I was no longer allowed to say while preaching. There was, there was, there was a number of them. I was in a, a fairly traditional-based congregation where, where some of my choices of, of language were, were slightly shocking. Here, though, I can use them all. You guys, you guys are pretty much cool with whatever I throw out there. Um, and know that when I walk away from my notes, you don't know what's going to come out of my mouth. But what I, want you, what I want you to walk away from today is not a legalistic list of words that you're not supposed to say or take in. That I, I don't want you to think that if you can live in a bubble that prevents the, the foul words, the words themselves from entering you, or or live a disciplined lifestyle where the foul words don't leave your mouth, that you're good. That, that when we look at the toxic words that we're going to look at today, I'm not speaking to specific words, but, but, how, but how they are used, how our words are used. And, and know that I'm not going to bring you anything deeply theologically brown, groundbreaking here today. That, that you're not going to go, wow, I never thought of that. That is, that is just a miraculous Word of God, that, that, that hopefully you're going to walk away today remembering what we already should know and taking into consideration how it is that we are currently walking and, and, and choosing to, make, to take intentional steps uh, in how we use our words that lift up the body and do less damage than, than what we may tend to do. So let's get into this. The, the first thing I want to look at is our definition of toxic. So we've looked at toxic relationships, toxic influences, and for the life of me, again, I can't remember what Aaron's first sermon was. What was Aaron's first sermon? Toxic thoughts. There we go. Who, who, who said toxic thoughts? Hey, well done. Toxic thoughts, toxic relationships, toxic influences, and now toxic words. So the definition of toxic is anything containing poisonous material capable of causing serious sickness or even death, anything that causes, anything that can harm us or, or make us spiritually sick or destroy us. So the first thing I want to look at is this, that, that our words 
can be devastating weapons. We weapons of mass destruction. They, they can do traumatic injury. Me, personally, I'm a master of sarcasm. I, I, I swing sarcasm around something sharp. I probably got that from my dad. My dad's really good with it, entertainingly so. Um, but, but I use it. I can, I can unintentionally use it as kind of like a, as a battle axe just swinging around, whacking whatever I'm, whatever's in the way, and I can use it as a sharp little dagger, pointed and focused and cut with it, unmerciful, unmerciful, mercilessly. I don't have that in my notes. I didn't like proof check that. I can be brutal. I can be brutal. So Proverbs 12, 18 and 15, 4, we're going to put these together. These say, reckless words pierce like a sword. A deceitful tongue crushes the spirit. So when it comes to my sarcasm and how I use it, the, the people that get damaged by it the most are my boy and my girl. I got a 13-year-old and a 15-year-old, and... And I've seen the impact that my choice of words, how I use sarcasm, has impacted them over the years. Over the years. It got to a place where I would use my sarcasm as a weapon against my kids so often that my boy would start asking me, are you being sarcastic? That, that he wasn't even, he'd gotten to a place where he wasn't even sure how I was using my words. And, and him not being sure meant that I was doing damage there. He couldn't, he couldn't trust what was coming out of my mouth. He didn't understand what was coming out of my mouth, that, that it, was, it was hurting. It was hurting. You know, st sticks and stones may break my bones, but names will never hurt me, right? Yeah, I would, I have memories of broken bones, and I have memories of being hit with sticks and hit with stones, and, and I tell them as cool stories. They're, they're fun stories. They're, 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 they're silliness of being a kid or, or, or foolishness of being an adult. And, but when it comes to the words, those, those stay. Those, those wounds I, I don't even really feel comfortable talking about. And, and I can see that in my kids when I use the sarcasm at them. I, I'm, I'm going to assume that sometimes they probably just wish, oh, just spank me and get it over with. Instead, in, instead of using my choice comments. Now, now sarcasm isn't the, only, is the, isn't the only toxic word we got out there. What are, the, what are some other forms of toxic words that you guys have experienced? Shut up. Stupid. Lies. Gossip. Demeaning statements. You know, de depending on where you are and, and what you've experienced, you, you, you probably fully understand what those are, that, that, they, that these toxic words destroy relationships, sow seeds of, of doubt, of grief, and anger, and hate. And we've all been damaged to one extent or another from somebody, right? Raise your hand if you've been damaged by somebody's words. Look around the room. Everybody's hands up, Right? That, that as I'm speaking about this, I'm, I'm going to assume that, that there's somebody's face in your mind that delivered those words to you. Is that fair enough? 
that you, you can actually picture someone. It's not just like an ambivalent, yeah, people do that. It's, nope, this dude. I can picture that dude. I'm sure that we all can picture somebody in our head of people that have damaged us, damaged us with toxic words. Unfortunately, you're probably in somebody's head. I know I am. I know that if I were to ask certain people to picture someone that has damaged them with their words, my face would show up. My face would show up. I've done damage to them. We, we need, we need to, to grasp a hold of this and understand that, that what we're doing, intentional or not, with our words can, can be piercing like a sword, crushing, devastating weapons on somebody else's life, that, that we have a, a call to control the rudder that is our tongue that, that, that makes a mess of things, that our words can be devastating weapons. But our words can also be gifts of life. Proverbs 12 and 15, on, on the opposite side of the, of the crushing area, is this. The tongue of the wise brings healing. The tongue that brings healing is a tree of life. Just in my face reading those words, I, when, when I'm reading the, the other words, I can feel my face grimace that I actually got a little bit of a headache if I sit on those words too long. But when I read these ones, the tongue of the wise brings healing. The tongue that brings healing is a tree of life. I feel relief in myself just saying these words. So, so any of you had, when, you're, when your kid was little, they were doing something stupid, running around or jumping off stuff, and they fall down and they, and they get hurt, and they get up and you see them getting ready to start crying, and your response is, yeah, good job, dude, that was awesome. And, and you see their, their face kind of contort from being stressed and scared and hurt to, oh, yeah, cool, it's, it's all good. Have you seen your kids do that? Or are you the type of person, oh, that was horrible, kid. You, you cheer them on. You cheer them on. That, that those words, that response, that positivity, that is, is something that helps bring them out of a place of, of, of pain and struggle. And, and I can name, you know, just like I can, I can pop pictures of head of, in my head of people that have done damage to me, I, I can pop a number of faces in my head of people that have, that have given words of healing, words of life, encouragement, and, and, and prayer, and, and truth, and, and, uh, and, and I love these people. I love the impact that, that God has used those people to have on my life in times of, of, of either serious suck or pain, or like my own falling down and, and getting hurt, and, and somebody being there to offer up a hand, going, okay, come on, come on. It's good. We can go in the right direction. And, and, and just like I'm sure I pop into people's heads of, of people that have damaged, I hope and pray that my face pops up into the heads of people that, that think of, when they want to think of somebody of encouraging, of, of life-giving, life-healing words, that, that my face might pop up. And, and, I, and I hope that for you as well. I don't want to be in somebody's mind just for toxic words. I don't want to be in anybody's mind for toxic words. But, but I want to be in there for encouraging words. So, so uh, you're, you're going to have the opportunity to raise your hand if you need to. So who in here has ever gotten to a place in life where you just heard too much? The toxic words, 
you're just getting fed up. Raise your hand if you've, had, if you've ever gotten to a place where you either said out loud or in your head, I've had enough. That's, that's enough toxic words. Look, look around the room. A lot of hands up. Hands up, heads nodding. All okay. right, you can put them down. Raise your hand if you've ever gotten to a place where you thought to yourself, I've just, it's just too many encouraging words. <laughs> Way too many encouraging words. I, I cannot handle another encouraging word. Look around the room. There's like two and a half. Pay attention to those people. Ignore those people. <laughs> My guess is they're lying. There's, 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 a, there's a disconnect there. There's something painfully wrong there. Not just in our world, but, but in our church community. In the in the family, in the, in the body of Christ, that, that when it comes to, to us being able to say, there are times where I've just had too much. That that's, that's the easy hand raise. But, but there are times where I've had, I've had too much encouragement. There, there are times where I've, I've had too much prayer. I've, there are times where I've had too many words of life pour into mine. We're, we're craving that, we're hurting for that. Is, is that something that you desire, that you missed, that you think would, would radically transform your life? Ephesians 4.29 says this, do not let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouths, but only what is helpful for, build, for building others up according to their needs, that it may benefit those who listen. You, you, have, you have a commission. As, as believers in Christ, this is, this is one of your callings, that you have the, the call not just to, to, to hold your tongue when, when you're ready to say something that, that is foul or toxic, but, that, but then when you see the opportunity to say an encouraging word and to lift somebody up, you're called to say it. That, that those words are gifts of life, that those words can be healing. Our words can be gifts of life. I'm going to get to play. I'm going to get to the application part in a little bit here. I'm going to tell you what to do because I love telling you what to do. I'll point and point and point and tell you what to do. But but first, I want to I want to say this: Don't dwell in the toxic words of the world. Rest in the life-giving words of God. Don't believe what the world is saying about you. The, the, the world is, is really good. The, the toxic influences of the world is really good at convincing you that, that you're not thin enough, that you're not pretty enough, that you're not smart enough, that you're not rich enough, that you're not talented enough, that you're a, that you're a loser, that you're, you, have, you have no gifts, you have no talents, nobody loves you. That... that that we can easily buy into the lies of the world. And they're just that. They're lies. But if we allow the influences of the world to, to influence in that way, we, we will totally buy them. We believe these lies based on, on the world's standards. We live and wallow in the shadow of these lies and in the toxic words of the world that we miss out on, on the truth that comes from 
from the word of God. And instead of finding our identity in the world, that's where we need to find our identity is in his word in Jesus Christ. So John 1 says, in the beginning was the word and the word was with God and the word was God. He was with God in the beginning. Through him all things were made. Without him nothing has, was made that has been made. In him was life. That life was the light of all mankind. The light shines in the darkness and darkness has not overcome it. This is the, the word of Christ. This is, this is where we are made. This is what we should be resting in. I could go through and list off a whole bunch of scriptures of telling, of, that, that tell you who he is and tell you who you are in him. But I'm not gonna. I want you to find that on your own. Dig into God's word. But, but what I want to do, what I want to share is an example of how we buy into the, into the lies and how truth can radically transform that. So we have growth track. Raise your hand if you've been through growth track. Everybody hasn't raised their hand, get through growth track. So, so we've got growth track. And, and step three, step three is one of my favorites. Step three is discover purpose. So step three, we get the opportunity to, to take a group of people and walk them through a disc assessment and walk them through a spiritual gifts inventory. Now, if you're not familiar with a disc assessment, it's a personality study. So you answer questions and you tally the numbers and you figure out what your personality style is. So I am an IS, I am a people-oriented uh, extrovert. Yeah, extra, I almost forgot extrovert. Is it my, am I an introvert? I'm not an introvert. I'm a people-oriented extrovert. Now some of the people that are in there are task-oriented introverts. And, and what's fascinating is that some of the people that are sitting in there are thinking that their personality type is useless that there's not really much benefit to it, that they don't really have anything to offer because their personality is wrong, that it's not what they believe they should have, that, that you know, I, I could go, well, I'm not a task-oriented person, so I, I'm really probably not useful. And, and the goal of this DISC assessment is not to find out where you're useful, but to highlight that, that you have purpose, that when you go through this DISC assessment and, and you... And you figure out what your personality type was. I'm an IS, so I go to, to these scripture references under the IS people, and I get to see people in scripture that are like me, that God was able to use. And that, that we use his word to, to deflate the lies, to, to shine light on the darkness of the areas where we believe that well, we're just not useful. But even more so, when we get to the spiritual gifts inventory, the spiritual gifts inventory is, again, you answer a whole bunch of questions, and you tally up the numbers, and you see, based off of your answers, hopefully truthful ones, um, what gifts that you have. And it's in this moment that I love being in step three and watching. Because what ends up happening is people will take their spiritual gifts inventory, they'll tally up their numbers, they'll go to the next page to find out where their nines were, which ones were their highest, and what I look for in people's faces is this. Those are the people I want to have a conversation with. And, and we've got a number of them in this room that have had that response. And this is what that response looks like. So I'm going to pick uh, Danielle Livelsberger. Is Danny in here? Is she out in the cafe still? So she's not even, she has no clue I'm talking about her. Uh, Danny, Danny Livelsberger, if, if you know her, she's a fairly extroverted kind of person. She's taking the, the spiritual gift inventory, and she has that look on her face. Her brow is furled, and she's shaking her head no. And so I asked her, so, so, uh, so what popped up? And she goes, well, I don't, I, don't believe this, I don't believe this one gift that I popped high for. And I said, well, what is it? And she said it was uh, Pastor Shepherd. 
that her gifting that popped really high was Pastor Shepherd. And, and I asked her, so I asked her, so we'll read, read the description out loud. Most people, most people have an understanding that Pastor Shepherd is, is what I'm doing up here right now, is what Aaron does up here on a Sunday morning. And know that that's a different gift. This is preaching. This is, this is uh, not necessarily Pastor Shepherd. So she reads the description of Pastor Shepherd. She reads it out loud, and I, my next question is to everybody in the room, and I ask them, is that her? Does that describe her? And, and before I could even get that out of my mouth, people were laughing because they heard the description, and it's so clearly Daniel Eibelsberger. That Daniel Eibelsberger spends time investing in relationships. She spends time encouraging people forward. She spends time offering people next steps. That's what a pastor shepherd does. But she didn't see it. She needed to hear it. She needed to hear the words, not just from the people in the room, but, but on that paper and in scripture of what a pastor shepherd is. And, and then something shifted in her. She didn't need the spiritual gifts inventory to, to start being a pastor shepherd. She was already doing it, but now with the light shown on what it was, with the light pushed off to the wayside, she was actually, she's actually able to, to walk in that gift. That it's not just something that's like out there somewhere and she's not able to focus on. She's, she's able to, to walk in the gift of Pastor Shepherd, to, to pray for that gift to, to play out in a more significant way, to give her opportunities for that gift to play out, to be praying for people that, that she can serve and love and encourage and move forward. And her face changed. If you ask her about the gift of Pastor Shepherd now, it's not going to be a, a retreat. That, that in that light and with that truth, she can stand in it and that her life is different from it. Danny's not the only person that has had that experience in growth track. Not even close. I encourage you to go through growth track. Number of you have, and if you haven't, please do. You might even think to yourself, well, you know, I've been a Christian forever. I don't need growth track. Go through growth track. that it's the long-time Christians that seem to have maybe a little bit more deep-seated buy-in to the lies. That, that, that you, you need to hear and see who you are in, in God's word and in community. Don't believe the lies. Listen to the truth. Don't dwell in the toxic words of the world Rest in the life-giving words of God. So what do we need to do? We need to take a sip of water. What do we need to do? I'm going to focus on two areas. The first one is, what do we need to do in our relationship with God? We need to be intentional, disciplined, and focused. If your relationship with God is on cruise control, um, you're probably not in a relationship with God. If, 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 if you're just kind of coasting through life, Sunday morning experiences your relationship with God, that, that, that maybe even you show up to a grow group once a week, but if that is the extent of your relationship with God, you're probably not in one. And, and if you are, 
Are you really? You know, is, is it significant? Is it a, is it a relation-building relationship? Are you doing things to, to actually see your relationship with, with God grow? Do you know what God's word says about him? Do you know what God's word says about you? Or, or are you more bought into the lies of the world and the toxic influences of the world, the toxic words of the world? Is that what's going in you? Matthew 12, 34 through 37 says, for, for whatever is in your heart determines what you say. A good person produces good things from the treasury of a good heart, and an evil person produces evil things from the treasury of an evil heart. And I tell you this, you must give an account on judgment day for every idle word you speak. The words you say will either acquit you or condemn you. What is coming out of you? What is coming out of you? The more of the world that's in you, that's what's going to come out of you. The more of him that is in you, that is what is going to come out of you. That if, that if you're consuming his word on a regular basis, if you're in prayer on a regular basis, if you are in community on a regular basis, if your life is active and moving forward, step taking in, in building your relationship with him, that is what's going to come out of you. And not only is that what's going to come out of you, but, but those are the, you're going to be given opportunities for that to come out of you. You're going to be given opportunities, not just here on Sunday morning, but the rest of the week, for you be, to, to, to be the light, to speak words of encouragement, to speak words of truth, to, to have that all flow out of you. But you need to be in t- intentional, discipline, focused. If, if that means that you know, like you're not in God's word at all, then, then maybe you walk out of here today saying, okay, so I'm going to, you know, this week I'm going to read the verse of the day every day this week. If, if you got nothing going in, start off small. If, if you're at a place where it's like, well, I'm already reading like 10 chapters a day, I can't help you on the reading part, but my prayer is that you're doing something about it. That as you take God's word in, that you're responding to it. Again, what goes in must come out. It's going to come out. In our relationship with God, we need to be intentional, disciplined, and focused. In our relationship with others, guess what we need to be? Intentional, disciplined, and focused. Going back to Ephesians 4.29, do not let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouths, but only what is helpful for building others up according to their needs, that it may benefit those who listen. Uh, I will be the first to admit that when it comes to, to managing the negative, toxic stuff that comes out of my mouth, it is work. It's because it's, you guys are work. It, it's just, I'm work. It's a, it's a challenge for me. If, if I just rest in, in my own comfort, complacency, and at times mean spiritedness, I just say stupid stuff. I have to think about it. I have to be purposeful. That when, when I'm in conversations with my kids and I'm getting to the place where I'm ready to explode, I have to be disciplined enough to have a, a state of mind where it's like, okay, I'm getting ready to say something stupid. I need to take a step back. Now, I, I don't know where you are and what issue you have with, with your tongue. You all got one. I don't know where that is. If you don't know where it is, if you're thinking to yourself, no, everything that comes out of my mouth is just like roses, talk to somebody close to you. 
find somebody in your sphere of life and ask them, what's the stupid stuff that comes out of my mouth? What's the stupid stuff? Because if you don't know, you're just swinging around the battle axe, not even having a clue who you're doing damage to. Ask them. Let them tell you. Don't rush right back and say, well, you do this. You can say that if they ask you, but, but ask them. Find out what it is that, that is your stumbling block. Find out what it is that, that is unwholesome coming out of your mouth. What is impacting the lives around you? Because it probably is. People are impacting. You're, you're impacting the lives around you. But you've got to be intentional in keeping down those toxic words. I have to be intentional and focused to keep my use of sarcasm at bay. If I'm not, I'm just doing damage. But I also have to be intentional to speak words of encouragement. Only what is helpful for building others up according to their needs, that it may benefit those who listen. So there, there are some steps that you might have to take that, that uh, to have an understanding of what you're supposed to say, you gotta listen to people. That in your conversations, if your only thought is you, you're probably not going to have a whole bunch of encouraging words for anybody. But that we have to have a discipline of investing in the relationships that we care about, the relationships that God has placed us in, to listen and pray and understand how it is that we're supposed to respond. What are the words that, that somebody needs? It, it, it might be, uh, and I love you. It might be a, a thank you. It might be, can I pray for you? It might be, I think you're going down the wrong road, dude. It might be a well done. Re remember the hands that were raised when the, of the people that had too much encouragement? You have the opportunity to see that change. You have the opportunity to influence lives in a healing way. That ain't my gig. That's not just my gig. If we were to put that responsibility of healing words just to come from the pastors, the people speaking up here on Sunday mornings, how many people are in here? Who took headcount today? Let's say there's 75 people, of, 75 people in here today. That's 75 times more impact than I could hope to have. And beyond. And beyond. So, so there's a, a couple months back, I got this, I got this story that, that Aaron had shared with me uh, that somebody had come up to him with a word. That she came up to him and she goes, you know, I think, I think I'm supposed to give you this word of encouragement. And so she shared that word of encouragement with Aaron. And it, it, was, a, it was significant to him. So significant that on the prayer and worship night, he got up here and shared that word. That he was given this word and he felt that somebody else needed it too. And so he shared that. And then I heard from another person how that impacted her. And, and she shared that with me about how the word that Aaron shared impacted her. And I knew who the first person was. So I had the opportunity to go back to the first person and say, so here's the trail. Here's, here's the path 
that your decision, your choice, your step of obedience to, to give an encouraging word to someone that you believed needed it impacted more than just that one person. And I got the opportunity to share that with you. That, that one little conversation had the, op- had the opportunity and impact of, of offering healing in a variety of places. Take advantage of that. When you see something good, let it be known. Don't hold it in. If you see the opportunity to give a, a well done, good job, way to go, let her rip. If you're reading scripture and, and you know that, that there's somebody in your life that you're walking with that, wow, they could probably use that, give it to them. Don't hold it in. Let her loose. Let her rip. Let those words go and see what kind of impact can have. Don't let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouths, but only what is helpful for building others up according to their needs and it may benefit those who listen. Those who listen. The word's not just for the one person. Other people will hear it too. Let, let them loose. Be intentional. Be disciplined and focused. Give out a thank you, and I love you. Can I pray for you? Well done. Be the shiny. Be the shiny. You know, if, if this room, this, this body of believers right here is hurting for encouragement and hurting from toxic words, and we got Jesus, what do you think the community is like? How much more are they hurting? Be the shiny. Shine that light. Shine the word of God. Be, be that person out there to have an impact on, on, on others. Let, let God's grace and his hope and his mercy and, and your testimony of your life in him spread out, not just so we can get more people here at Simple Church, so we can see more people come to the kingdom, that we can see God get the glory, that that we can see our lives transformed in a way that others' lives are being transformed. Be the shiny. Now, Now, some of you might be sitting here thinking, I have no clue who you're talking about, man. Yeah, I've been I've been hurt by the world and 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 you've mentioned God's word and you've mentioned Jesus, but I, I don't I don't really know who he is. But but at the same time you're sitting there thinking, but I but I hear something. And it's not just this dude up the stage talking. I hear I hear something in my mind, I hear something in my heart, I hear something in my spirit saying, yeah. I, I need to come somewhere else. If, if you want to close your eyes and bow your head and, and we'll just continue this discussion a little bit. That, that you, you might be in a place that, that you're saying, you know what, you know, I, I can't say that, that I know Jesus, but, but I, can, I can hear somebody saying I need to know Jesus. That, that I, think, I think I'm supposed to respond right now. If that's you, go ahead and raise your hand. It's beautiful. Thank you. And you know, for, for, for a lot of us, we, 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 we've known Jesus a really long time. But, but maybe in that, 
that knowing and that relationship that we have with him, that we've just kind of been on cruise control. That, that Jesus is kind of like our uncle that lives in Florida that I hear from every so often, but, but I'm, not, I'm not in communication with him daily. If that's you, raise your hand. I get there too. I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna pray for for both those groups and and anybody that didn't raise their hand either. It's totally cool. For for those of you that don't know Jesus and want to, my challenge to you is is just a, a, a prayer of confession and belief. There's there's nothing magical in in the prayer. It's just a it's just a you stating your ground where I am and and, and where you believe you need to be. And then I'll, I'll continue that prayer for, for everybody else that, that I'm going to guess that, that you're in a similar boat as me, that, that no matter where you're standing, you're not close enough to Jesus. That you all got a, a, a next step. And I want to encourage you to take that next step. Father, I, I, I thank you for this morning. For those that don't know you yet, Father, I lift them up to you. And, and I ask that, that their, their prayer is, is a, a prayer of confession, that, that, that Jesus Christ is, is who he said he was, that he is, he is the Son of God, come to earth to live and die and live again as payment for our sin is that, that he's, he's the gift. Father, I pray that, that all those who have not confessed and believe and are at that place now, that they confess that and that they believe. They might, they might not have a clue as to what that means moving down the road, but, but you know, we're all there. And, and Father, for, for those that, that have already confessed and believed, that, that, that call themselves a, a child of God, I, I pray that you show us how to be closer to you. What step it is that we need to take to, to, get, to get closer to you, to be more in your will, and, and how it is that we can respond to the world around us with truth and with light. Father, we, we just thank you and praise you. It's in Jesus' name I pray. Amen.